0: Thank you for joining us. Here at VLC, our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now, here is Pastor Gary Tillman. Wow, it certainly is good to see you all this morning. Terry, thank you, brother. Awesome. Yeah, I was getting ready to say he didn't. I know what are y'all y'all thinking, what's he doing? Well, I'm rolling old school today. All right. Is that okay if I use my Bible? Like I've never seen that. Well, I use it all the time. Just not in front of you because it's a hassle putting on my glasses. But uh, I'm going to do it anyway. So just just hang with me. I'm going to attempt to do it, okay? We'll, 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 we'll unpack this and see how it goes. We've been in this talk for a few weeks now. Anybody know what we're talking about? Renovating, renovating what? Your what? Your, your spouse? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're renovating our lives. And the more that I look into this and I think about some of the things that the, the Lord's been dealing with me about, See, my prayer is that God deals with each of us with the things in our own journey, things that we need to eliminate. You Remember, we've talked about some of this In in a renovation project. There are things you have to get rid of. How many of you have ever been in one and you just went into something and you hit the water line that you didn't know was there? Huh? You found the electric that you didn't think was in that wall. Yeah, there are things in a renovation project that you'll run into, and and, and it will require some patience on your part, some creativity on your part. Are you ready for this? It will cost you something. A lot of times, money. In this case, it's not so much the money that it will cost you as it is your time, your dedication your sacrifice. See, we want to leave here today with this awareness that we're going to make space in our thinking for God to renovate. And a key text we've used throughout the talk is out of Romans chapter 12. Obviously, you know that we've been using this. Paul says that he's asking us to to present our bodies a living sacrifice. Now, I could tell you in my own journey of faith, and, and I'm I'm a pastor, so I, you know, I work for God and I work at the church. And, and, and there are still times that I struggle presenting my body a living sacrifice. I know y'all got it. But I'm just being real with you this morning. There are, there are days in my life that I'm like, man, God, I do not want to give that up. Are we okay today? Because I, I can tell you, as your pastor, I know there are things you... Not only do you not want to give them up, you not ready. Let me rephrase it. you not giving them up. <laughs> so to offer your body a sacrifice, sometimes it's going to hurt a little bit. He says, offer this. It, will, it is holy. It is acceptable to God. And then he says, and, and what happens is... <clears throat> We are to be transformed in our mind as we, you know, yield ourselves to the things of God. The new living in verse 2, y'all have to excuse my voice today. Uh, It's not cooperating with me. But in verse 2, it says this in the new living. Let God transform or let God renovate you into a new person. Are you ready for this? By changing the way you think. And I know most of us were like, oh, no problem. Obviously, you haven't tried it. Because we create habits, thinking patterns. Sometimes we do things we don't even think about doing. You respond to your spouse a certain way because you don't have to think about it anymore because it just comes out of you. It's a, somebody said it right. It's a habit. You create habits. You respond certain ways. There are things... That you don't think about and you just do what God is asking is to let the word change how you think. Because what will happen is this. He says, then you will learn to know God's will for your life. Now listen to the message. I love the message paraphrase. Sometimes you should always use the message paraphrase or, uh, 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 you know, with a translation. Y'all got that? Because sometimes the message is good. Sometimes it's junk food. It's just filler and opinion. And so I never quote it as a translation. I always let you know it is a paraphrase, but sometimes the wording is really wonderful, inspiring. Listen to this. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping. You're eating. Thank you. (laughs) You're eating. What? What do you mean? You're, You're going to work. Your walk around life, take your everyday life, and you place it before God as an offering. <laughs> Y'all look real churchy this morning. <laughs> yeah, you're looking good. Yeah, take your everyday life, everything about your life, and you like. So you're you're on your way to work, life, God. I'm you know because sometimes on your way to work you might be running behind and a little in. Now, that's probably the, the church over there, right? Something, not y'all? Yeah. Take your everyday life, and you place it before God as an offering. You fix your attention on God, and you will be changed from the inside out. Guys, if we'll simply trust his word. I was just meditating in the word this, this weekend, and it, you know the, the Lord just began to remind me that the word of God, it is perfect, it is flawless, it is living, spiritual reality, it is proven, it is forever settled, it is sharper than a two-edged sword, it is good and perfect, it is sweeter than honey and more precious than gold. God's word is. But for us as a human to get to the place where we actually believe that, putting it into practice, now that's, that takes some Sacrifice. But when you do that, God will begin to show areas in your life that need some renovation. The way you talk, the way you handle yourself on the job. (laughs) It's one of them, it's renovation, okay? It's one of them pastoral, you know. Tracy said, do I need my hard hat today? I'm like, no, babe, we're good today. (laughs) We're we're going to K-love it today. We're going to be positive and encouraging, (laughs) right? Yeah. And one of the things that we've highlighted throughout our talk is that most of us, here's the thing, we, we have things fixed in our thinking that have been there for years. And, when, and it's like taking out a load-bearing wall in a renovation project. Man, it's going to take a lot of work. You have to replace it with something else. You can't just go in and tear it out you got to have that structural, whatever it is, like we talked about in our first session, a load-bearing beam. We, you've got to put something in to carry the load of that. Otherwise, your house is unstable. How many of you, you sometimes you think you might be a little, un, your house is unstable? Yeah. We, at some point, every one of us, we, we fight these things. And the thing about we, when we develop these thought patterns, these load-bearing walls, if you will, Paul calls them strongholds in his letter he refers to it many times writing to the new testament church he, re- he refers to them as strongholds that we've built up in our minds and i introduced this thought in our first session but i really didn't get to get into it but a lot of times when we have the strongholds when we have the thought patterns we are convinced that we're right you ever been there there right now yeah we're convinced that we're right. And Paul, he deals with this. He, he says in 1 Corinthians 8, knowledge puffs up, love builds up. Say it with me. Knowledge puffs up. Okay, that's about 10 of you, but that's okay. <laughs> Say this with me. Love builds, up. love builds up. Listen to this out of the New Living. This is 1 Corinthians 8, verse 1. While knowledge makes us feel important, it is love that strengthens the church. Now watch this very carefully because the Lord's getting ready to deal with you. Anyone, say anyone, anyone who claims to know all the answers doesn't really know very much. Now y'all, I'm reading the Bible, okay? Anyone who claims to be a know-it-all really doesn't know very much. That's one of the things that Brother Hagin used to teach us all the time. In, now, Brother Hagin lives in heaven, but when I, when I became part of their ministry and was going to school there, he was already uh, you know, an elder in the body of Christ. And he'd been through some stuff, man. And he would always tell us, he says, guys, the one thing as I get older that I learn is this, just how little I know. See, when, and what, this is what Paul wants us to understand, because when we get these thought patterns, we have these strongholds, and we think we're right. Man, we'll, we'll, we'll toe the line because we think we're right. But the person who loves God is the one who God recognizes. See, this has been what I wanted to get to throughout this whole talk. Remember I told you in our first session we were going to talk about love, but the Lord had different plans. We were dealing with stuff. And so, you know, God wants us to think more about the ways of the kingdom than the ways of this world. I know that can be challenging when you have a busy, hectic life with kids and career and family and all the stuff you got to do. But God still wants it. Remember, seek first the kingdom of heaven. What's that mean? (laughs) I appreciate your church answer. Well, first, Pastor, first. Yeah, but is it first? Man, I like this table. I can just kind of stand here. and (laughs) I don't know why I hadn't thought of that before. See, this is why God told us that we have to set our mind on the things of heaven. Listen to Romans chapter 8. In verse 5, it says this. This is out of the uh, NIV. And it says, those who live according to the flesh. Now, this word flesh it simply means your carnal human nature. Those who live according to the human nature, they have their minds set on flesh desires. What's going on in your life, the things that you want, the things that you like, what makes you comfortable. But those who live according to the Spirit, they have their mind set on the things of the spirit and you've heard me talk about this before this word set it's literally a construction term and we're talking about renovation and and when you pour concrete what what you do when somebody's pouring concrete you have to wait for it to do what set up before you could do anything on it and then even after that you have to wait for it to really uh, set before you could drive on it do things like that that's what this word literally means you need like concrete you need to be set on the things of the spirit You have to be more intentional. Guys, we we have to understand that the soul of a human, it is, if you will, the umpire. It's our will. It's our choice. God made it that way on purpose because without free will, he would never have anyone to freely choose him, and he made it this way on purpose. He wants a family that will freely choose him. John Maxwell, you've heard me say this before. There's a choice you make in everything you do. But keep in mind that in the end, the choice you make makes you. Well, in Deuteronomy, God summed it up perfectly. He said, "I've said before you life and death, blessing and cursing." And in case you didn't know which one to pick, he said, "Choose." But you still have to choose. It's your choice. You didn't have to come to church this morning. My nephew, Travis, he, he doesn't like me calling him out, but he's not here today, so I, I can call him out. His wife was giving him a hard time last night. We were hang, hanging out with the family, and he, she said, uh, well, go on and tell him. And he looked at her and like, what? And, but he still didn't tell me, she told on him. He's skip, she, she calls me G. G, he's skipping church to play golf. I'm like, I wanna skip church and play golf. <laughs> Listen, our carnal nature wants what it wants, man. Listen, if Derek called me, said, man, can you get somebody to preach? I got this deal on (laughs) it. I know some of y'all, some of y'all be like, Derek, get behind me, Satan. Don't be (laughs) tempted. No, I'm like, where's it at, brother? (laughs) Huh? Yeah. See, we have to, we have to understand that our soul, God made it this way. And you've heard me say this hundreds of times. We will go in the direction of our most dominant thought. What are you thinking about the most in your life? What you thinking about? We were at a a family event last night and uh, a friend of mine, he he cooked some really good brisket and they had all kinds of food. I mean, Tracy said, do you have some of that stuff? I said, I had one thing, baby. I had a plate, because see, I, brisket is tricky. There's only, there's only, Dustin makes the best brisket I've ever had, without a doubt. If you haven't had it, well, he, you know, he doesn't do a lot of it anymore, but every now and then. But this one is pretty good, and so I had a whole plate of brisket. <laughs> and then I walked back in the, in the house, and I'm just cutting up, and I went to back to the pan to get another bite of brisket. See, what do you think about? I was full. I didn't need another bite of brisket. I walk around talking to a bunch of people. What's on your shirt, man? I look down. I'm like, well, my belly got in the way. <laughs> I, had, I had biscuit or, uh, brisket drippings. I, <laughs> it would have been good with a biscuit, but that would have taken up space in my belly for a brisket if you had a biscuit. Don't put the biscuit with the brisket. But Anyway. <laughs> Listen, if we can't have fun in church, let's just call it, okay? Let's just go on, go on to the house, yeah? See, if we're ever going to, now I want you to get this See, if we're ever going to walk at a deeper level with God. And I know I talk to Christians that that they're really not interested in a deeper level. Pastor, I just want to live my life, I want to be a good moral person, and I want to go to heaven, And that's wonderful, and you can do that. But on that day, you are going to be so tore up when you get there, because please understand this. Those of you that think that way, remember, part of this renovation project project is to change your thinking, yeah? Change your thinking, change your life. And I want some of you that think, well, I'm I'm doing me, I'm saved, I'm a good person, I'll go to church every now and then and just leave me be. For all of you that think that way, listen to me very carefully. There will come a day very soon. You're going to stand before Jesus And you're going I know you're cool with that Right now I want to to be behind you when it actually happens I'm like yeah where you at now All all cool Uh Yeah See you're going to stand in front of Jesus And you're going to answer for what your Assignment was on the planet As a Christian I know we don't want to hear this stuff Because we want easy street In the American church we just want to Man, just chill out, Pastor. I don't know if I, I mean, I got, well, I, I used to not even be able to, pre- I, to preach something like this was blasphemy. You wear a suit. I remember when we first started, Dustin, Jeff, it was I don't know, there was three or four of us, we all had the same, back in that day, it was the four button long suit, you know, it was the preacher suit. But we all had them on, we looked like a, I don't know what, a cult maybe, I don't know. <laughs> What was it? <laughs> right? Yeah. So praise the Lord, I got delivered from suits. Yeah. Amen. But don't let my casual look fool you. I am very intense about the things of God. Now, I am a casual. You can ask my staff. I'm pretty laid back about stuff. But I still <laughs> I am, you know, most of the time. Y'all yeah, got to quit interrupting me. I'm trying to stay focused today. I got to wrap this talk up today, okay? Mm, maybe, that's right, Jay. So if we're, going to, if we're going to walk, back to my statement, because I know some of y'all aren't looking for a deeper walk with God. But after this talk, I'm praying and believing that you might want to take a little deeper journey with God because what happens when you do is like, like Paul said in, in uh, his, his letter to the, to the Roman church, God will change you. From the inside out and the next thing you know as you begin to offer more of your body and your life to God he begins to change you and things that were were very important to you now take a backseat. and there's something new that's important to you and your life begins to change and all of a sudden you become more of a representative more of a son or daughter of God an ambassador for the kingdom and when we do this here's the thing the one truth that will continue to rise to the top in our pursuit of God are you ready for this is love as you pursue God, the one thing that will always, not religion, not legalism, it's going to be love. It is his nature. It is the only reason that you and I have a relationship with him. And if you think about it from a renovation perspective, really there, there, there should never be any renovation project that has anything that's invested in until you get the foundation settled. Are you with me? you got to have a solid foundation. And without question, in God's house, love is that foundation. Now, let me show you this because uh, I've got some stuff that they'll put up on the screen in 1 Corinthians 13. I'll get to in just a second. But as I was thinking about it, in 1 Corinthians 13, because I know most people, that have been around the church for a little while, they refer to 1 Corinthians 13 as the love chapter. Y'all ever heard that? I got to thinking about that. I have a different approach. I think 1 Corinthians 13 ought to be called the grow up chapter. (laughs) Now think about it for a second. You think about little ones. You think about babies. Like in, in here, just take church for example. You got a baby in here. A baby ain't worried about interrupting everybody around them when they start crying. They'll interrupt the whole church service and it won't face a baby. You think about a little one at the store, a couple years old, and they have a meltdown in aisle seven. <laughs> they ain't thinking about nobody but them because they want another toy that they got a whole room full of they don't play with. Huh? How we doing today? Is that, we doing okay, Stephen? Yeah. <laughs> Right. Some of y'all think about this. Babies they, they, they're not they're not even they that concept doesn't even enter their mind. You just got you just got dressed up really pretty to go out on a you, you and your you and your spouse on a date night. You haven't been on a date night in months because you got babies. And you got ready, you dressed up, you're looking all good, and all of a sudden they throw up on you. <laughs> they're not thinking about you. You know why? Because they're babies guys we're that way too this is why i want you to listen to paul's words before i get to the the uh, verses four through eight and they'll put on the screen I, I found this and i want you to listen this is uh first corinthians 31 get my glasses right here this is paul speaking though i speak with the tongues of men and of angels what's that what's the tongues of angels it's a different lesson But Paul says, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but I have not love, I'm sounding brass and a clanging cymbal. The message says I'm nothing but an old creaky creaky gate. If I don't have love, even though I speak eloquently and I wax wonderfully, if I don't have love, I'm just making noise. Verse 2, and though I have the gift of prophecy and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have the faith to remove mountains, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. Are y'all hearing me? Then he says this. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and I give my body to be give my body to be burned. Hold up, man. That's some sacrifice, yeah? He says even if I do all of these things, but if I don't have love, it profits me nothing. See, this is the thing when it comes to renovation in your life. Love has to be the foundation that we do things through, because if it isn't something, somebody will get you sideways. They'll say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, hurt your feelings, make you mad, etc., disappoint you. This is why God wants us to understand as we begin to look inwardly and we want this deeper walk with him and we begin to spend more time with him, love has to be the driving force. And I'm not talking about your Valentine Day hallmark love. Oh, I love you. That's all selfish junk, man. That just means I need you in my life, I want you. That's not what I'm, t- I'm mm. God gives us this wonderful definition of love in 1 Corinthians 13, it says this, listen carefully. Love suffers long, suffers long. In other words, it puts up with. Patient, kind, doesn't envy, doesn't parade itself around. Ooh, look at me. I did that. I need that recognition. That was my project, huh? Dang, I didn't have to leave right then. (laughs) Watch this. Love doesn't seek its own. It's not provoked. It thinks no evil. It doesn't rejoice with iniquity, but rejoices with truth. It bears all things. How many? Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And then chapter uh, 14, verse 1, it says this. Love never fails. It never fails. Love never fails. So when we make room to love people, let me, like my wife tells me all the time, it's easy to love the lovable. Right? It's those unlovable ones. You know the one you don't like. Coworker. Family member. Right? It's when we make room in our thinking, because this is where it has to start. You have to be on purpose about this. You talk about taking some load-bearing walls out when you choose to love somebody that doesn't deserve it? Huh? (laughs) Y'all quiet right now, man. Yes, yes, Reverend. <laughs> See, when you step out and, in, in faith and exercise some love, now I, this, is, this is one of those kind of adjustments in your life, okay? Because I believe you're actually going to put this into practice. You're going to step out and, and, and extend some love to people that, you, you know. Yeah? So when you do, When you take this step of faith and you step out to exercise some love and the people that you're expressing love to, they don't respond in your preconceived expectation that they should. In other words, you extended love and they're like, so? Whatever, man. It's (laughs) that. This is where faith comes in. You have to trust God to handle it. I got, let me take it a step further. I got to deal with you. Stop being the Christian police. Stop it. Stop being the Christian police. Trust God to handle it. Let God deal with them. Pray for them. Instead of, you know, instead of you trying to be the Christian police all this time, time, practice being a little bit more intentional and even, should I say, aggressive about extending love because it's going to take some faith on your part to do this because sometimes walking in love with people mm, it's a lot easier to just go old school redneck on them now I know y'all would not but I, 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 didn't, I didn't even meet Jesus till I was 32 so I know old school redneck my reverend you shouldn't even use the word I'm in Kentucky, man. We use redneck all the time. And it means a variety of things, depending on who you're being critical of and judging. (laughs) Okay. See, here's the thing. When we actually do this, there's going to be no room left in our thinking for what somebody did to us, the wrong they did. Not to mention all that selfish stuff. A lot of times, the reason we struggle with love it's because we have selfish motives inside us. Can I say it like this? We have some load-bearing walls that we've built up over the years. Well, that's mine. Because I'm, I'm telling you, you know, as a pastor, one of the things that I've seen over the years, when, you know, wonderful, God-loving people, but, now I'm not talking about somebody, I'm talking about my flock, when y'all don't get your way. Not even a, hmm, not, even, not an old me, an amen, like, <laughs> some of you like, <laughs> nah, I'm th- not th- about you, me, I'm not exempt from this. Listen to what the Apostle James says. Y'all okay? We're almost done, hang with me. Once again, using the message paraphrase, the Apostle James says this. Where do you think all these appalling wars and quarrels come from? This, this division, this divisiveness, where do you think it comes from? Do you think it just happened? <laughs> think again, man. They come about, beca- <laughs> what's it say? They come about because what? Because you want your own way. Lord help me (laughs) and they fight for it deep inside why because you want your own way see what God wants us to understand when you learn to walk in love you learn to put other people first you remember when we started our talk we used the example with Elisha's servant Because what had to happen with everything going on around them, God needed Elisha's servant, or Elisha needed his servant to see things from God's perspective. See, when it comes to us making room in our lives for God to renovate and establish this foundation of love and us actually be an expression of God, which God is love, you're going to have to see things from his perspective. I am so grateful. This is the one of the things that in, in my devotion time that I'm always thanking God for is His patience with me. Because there's things that He has dealt with me about for years, and I'm still slow, procrastinating. You sure, God? No, I'm I'm confused. God's confused. Why you, you want you want me to do that? Yeah. See, we have to grasp the reality that God has built us with the ability. Listen to me. You and I, in our born-again nature, we are built with the ability to see through the lens of his promises. You can get in this book, and this is why I encourage you all all the time, get in the book, and don't try to see how much you can read. Meditate something, and think on it, and meditate on it. Put the Joshua 1.8 principle into, uh, into motion in your life. See, God wants us, remember we said this in session one, God wants us moving from an intellectual process to a spiritual process. He wants you thinking and seeing things spiritually. And when I use that term, that doesn't mean weird. So many people, they, they when they, you know, in, in today's charismatic world, to be spiritual, you gotta get weird, stop, you don't. You can be just as fun and spiritual, I mean, I use this reference all the time, but guys, little children love to hang out with Jesus. They would run to him, and all the religious people would say, no, rebuke the kids. And Jesus like, nah, man, let them come. This is what the kingdom of heaven's all about. Well, little kids aren't going up to Mr. Grumpy Pants. You know, serious. They're not doing that, you all. Begin to process your life more from, an, from, more from a spiritual process than an intellectual process remember knowledge puffs up love builds up this is the thing love never fails love is it's spiritual at its source at its foundation and the key to us seeing what God sees it's based on our mind being renewed to the things of God getting to the place where we trust him more should I say that we I know we're not there yet, Oscar, but I would like to get, I can't, someday I believe that we, we can get to the place where we trust God unquestionably. I know some of you think, oh yeah, I'm there. Really? <laughs> <laughs> then why ain't you tithing? home. <laughs> <laughs> <No. laughs> yeah, trust God completely. Okay. It's a process that you've got to grow into. Paul tells us in the book of Colossians, let the word of Christ Dwell in you richly. Let the, let the word dwell in you richly, richly. Teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart. See, a big, one of the things that, that we're I, I pray that as we continue to go into a, a deeper walk with God as a local body, our worship becomes so powerful. Not that we're not good, but we're not just wanting to be good. We want the presence of God to, to flow through the seats as we worship. Remember last week we talked about this in Chronicles when, when the presence of God showed up. When all the people came into the house of God and began to worship in unity, the presence of God fell in the place. And the glory was so strong that the ministers couldn't stand up. Like, well, What's that like? What do you say we find out? You okay with that? Yeah. But that means you have to change when you come in here. Don't come in here looking for a show. I know people that like coming to church here, but they'll stay out in the lobby till the music's over because they don't have this revelation yet. They don't understand what worship will do to your life. See, when your back's against the wall and you don't know what to do, sometimes worship is the way out. God, I worship you. That's what David would do, man. His enemies would be gathered around him. Lord, I worship you. Huh? Oh, man, where did you get that? Well, in here. I do it at home. Sometimes my wife's like, Shh, can you stop? Now, she, <laughs> no, she doesn't say that to me. She's encouraging. I mean, I know, I'm, I, I know I don't have a record label. I understand. That's why they don't give me a microphone to sing with. Guys, this is why Jesus told his first disciples, he said, guys, don't you leave Jerusalem. Listen to me. This is going to help some of you today because this is where you have to take some of that time in the presence of God. He said, don't you leave Jerusalem until you're endued with power from heaven. What's that mean? Well, in and, and, and that particular account of history, that was the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that showed up on the scene. Now he's here, all he's waiting for you today is make yourself available to him, to yield to the leadings of the Holy Spirit. He left us his spirit to empower us to be like him, to lead. The Holy Spirit is the contractor on the job. But that means if we're going to be more like him, we're going to be more like what? Love, (laughs) y'all. What are we talking about? Come on now. Help me. Okay, well, let, let's go back and look at it again. I want to look at it this time. First Corinthians 3. Remember, this is called the grow-up chapter, okay? I want to use the new living. Listen to this. Verse 4. Love is patient and kind. Let, let's, just, let's just take our time and let this marinate. Love is patient and kind. It's not jealous. Jake, no. Uh huh. How many of you deal with jealousy? At some level, almost every human does. Love is not jealous. It's not boastful. Oh, did you see what I did? Oh, BJ, I took care of that for you. I did that. Love, love, love's not boastful. BJ just came out. He's like, what? 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 <laughs> huh? Love is not proud or rude. (laughs) Oh, love's not rude. Okay. Hey, y'all. Love's not rude. They didn't get it. Love's not rude. It's not rude, okay? Love's not rude. It doesn't, I mean, the, the translators of the new living cow, they can take it out of the park. Love doesn't demand its own way. Y'all look so churchy this morning. It's just beautiful, y'all. Love doesn't demand its own way. It's not irritable. It keeps no. Y'all need to highlight this one and, and get it. It keeps no record of be, Keeps no record of being wronged. Keeps no record of being wronged. Keeps no re, Keeps no record of being wronged. I know if if you just took this passage and set up camp for a month, you would be a different person. Love doesn't rejoice about injustice, but love rejoices when truth wins. Love never gives up, it never loses faith, it's always hopeful, it endures through every circumstance. Love never fails. But I I want you to get this. Make no mistake about it, we do have an enemy and he will be relentless at looking for the unrenewed mind, the inactive thought life that he can pounce on. That's how he works. Contrary to what he's tried to portray himself as in Hollywood, he doesn't come that way. You understand, our enemy has been around from every empire, Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian empire, the Persian empire, Greece, Rome. And he has been very, very successful. He is the most subtle, deceptive, seductive enemy. He's not, listen, he's not gonna show up to you with his big scary demon looking suit. Ah! He's not gonna do that. (laughs) Yeah, right? Nita, did I get you? (laughs) He's not gonna show up like that. You know how he's coming? With that still little subtle voice in the back of you. hey, nobody'll know. Oh, you can do that. Oh, you don't know. That's not what that's not what that verse means. No, you don't have. And he just chips away. Come over here and watch this for a little while. Huh? What about her? She's married. It's okay. Uh, did I go too far? It's just the world we live in, you all. And his number one tool, I told you this last week, is that box that you sit in front of. And he just, because what happens is, chipping away, chipping away, one little thing, one little thing, one little thing, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, you got a, you got a low bearing wall built up in your life. Do not give place to him. I'd actually shared this with you, but I didn't get to go into much detail. It doesn't look like I'm going to today either, but I'm gonna wrap up with this. So let me, let me get into this. Paul says it like this, talking about this battle that rages in our mind that the enemy attacks us with. In Second Corinthians 10, he says this, for though, in verse three, for though we live in this world, we do not wage war as the world does. Why, what's he gotta use words like waging war? I'm telling you when you start stepping into the things of God you try to you try to take out some of these low bearing walls it, it will literally you, there will be a war waged right here he says we do not live in this world and we do not wage war the way the world does the weapons that we fight with they are not weapons of this world on the contrary our weapons they have this divine power to demolish Strongholds. What's a stronghold? A stronghold is a load bearing wall that you got to take out in your renovation project. It's that thought pattern that you've built up over years. He says this we demolish the arguments and every pretension, every claim, everything that's been said against us that comes against the knowledge of God, and we take captive, you got to get this wrong, right, every thought and we bring it into obedience or we make it obedient to Christ so what am I saying remember back to our load bearing walls you have to replace them with something else it's the word of God you get the word of God in there and so when thoughts try to come into your life that the enemy tries to get you to manipulate you mm -mm, no the word of God says this the word of God says this you know how Jesus fought the enemy when he was tempted it on the backside of the desert it is written it is written it is written there are times that that's all you need to say when those thoughts come. No, this is what the Word of God says. God arms me with strength. Well, it doesn't look like it. Yeah, well, just keep watching. God arms me with strength. He surrounds me with favor like a shield. His goodness and mercy are new on my life every day. He goes before me and makes my path straight. He arms me with strength. But you you got to get to the place when the enemy's coming in like a flood that you know what to do. That's why Paul said you've got to put on the whole armor of God. Peter reminds us in his letter to the New Testament church that he says, guys, pay attention. He says, this world, it's not our home. And human nature will constantly war against the the soul of a human that's born again. This is why God told us repeatedly, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. So my prayer for us today is this, that we be willing to take some steps of faith, to make the commitment to the Lord to be a little bit more intentional with our loved one. Is that okay? Huh? This is why Jesus told us, you gotta be endued with power from heaven. See, love, you think about this. Love is costly. You just ask the Lord how much it costs. God loves us so much, He sent His Son from heaven to be a human. Philippians says it like this, and having become human, He stayed human. He laid all deity and godliness inside and became the Son of Man. Now, make no mistake, he's 100% Son of God, but he laid that aside for us. Can I give you one more and get you out of here with this one? All right. This is Jesus speaking. He says this in John 13. So now, I'm giving you a new suggestion. What does it say, y'all? What's what's the word? Okay. This is Jesus. A commandment from Jesus. All right? Just as I loved you, you you love each other. Watch it very closely. For your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. When you love one another yeah but pastor i don't like them okay we'll start with love and then they, it might grow on you i get it everybody not gonna click with everybody i understand that but you can still love them and be there for them see this is the thing about good friends man i am going children's church go get me today i think i saw nicole in here though i'm good <laughs> she's like yes my workers right there they're gonna kill you When we get to this place where we start doing it, the ones that we're not comfortable with, the ones that we don't know that well, but you extend love to them. What it does is it creates this spiritual energy because it's the nature of God. And it will help break the strongholds when you begin to ask God to help you with you. Now y'all gonna ask God to help with this, right? You're not just gonna hear, you're gonna do, right? Yeah? A couple of you, okay. Well, You know, we gotta start where we are. So I, I appreciate those of you that will. The rest of you, you know, we call it a series for a reason. I may have to go again. But here's the deal. All of the things I'm talking about today, they are for the believer. They're for the people of God. Because there's a world out there that doesn't know Jesus. And when, according to Jesus, when they see the love that we have for one another, the world will know where he is. See, sometimes we just gotta roll up our sleeves and start being an expression of love to people. Yeah. In order for that to take place, you gotta belong to Jesus. So if you're in the room today and you have never taken that initial step of faith, what I mean by that is what the book of Romans makes very simple. You believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus died, rose from the grave, and he's alive today. Believe that Confess it, and you're born again. It's that simple. I know a lot of church people have complicated the heck out of salvation, but Jesus never meant it that way. He knew we would mess it up enough as it was, so he made it simple on purpose. Well, I don't really know enough about Jesus. Nobody knows enough about Jesus. That's why you just have to make a choice. I choose to believe Him. What's that mean? I really don't know what it means, but the preacher said, believe it. I choose to believe it today, and I'm gonna start with that. And what will happen is God will take you from glory, to glory, from glory to glory but you've got to take step one in the glory process, you've got to give your life to Jesus, so if you're in the room or if you're listening or watching, I don't care where you're at, stop what you're doing for just a second, the greatest opportunity of your life is standing right in front of you Jesus is asking you to give him a chance in your life we made it so simple as a church family if you're in the room, say it with us, if you're listening or watching, say the prayer with us give Jesus a chance in your life and you watch what he will do One idea at a time, one thought at a time, one decision at a time, one day at a time. He'll change your life, but you have to start. Church family, let's help them. Let's all say it together. Lord Jesus, come into my life and make me new. And from this day forward, Jesus is my Lord, heaven is my home, and I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, now if you said the prayer and you're in the room, do us a favor, stop by our information desk, We just got a gift to help you on your journey of faith. Those of you listening or watching, you got to share it with somebody, man. It's the greatest thing in your life just happened today. Heaven is your home. You belong to Jesus and your new journey is underway. For the rest of us, I tell you this all the time. You know what's waiting on you outside the doors? Opportunity. Today's opportunity. Love somebody. Amen. God bless you all. Have a wonderful week. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.